Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Brewers Outlet. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Ah, uh, yes. Happy Brewers Outlet Day. Time to stock up for the big game. Yes. Imports Domestics Microbrews. The best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks, lots and lots of snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Todd, good day to you. Good day. Had a fun one last night. That's three straight wins uh, for Penn State, and all three by double digits. Uh, One by 15 at Rutgers, one by 14 at Indiana, one by 10 in the Jordan Center last night. Odd game, but almost all of them are odd. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about across the country. This is something that I was talking about with a couple of fans this morning. I said, you know, I said... I said, they hear complaints about, you know, well, Penn State, well, this happened and that happened. It's like, like, you're never happy with the win. I said, you need to watch other games because guess what you see in other games? The exact same thing. Duke is playing North Carolina. Do you think North Carolina was a machine for two hours? Or did they have times where they couldn't hit shots? turn the ball over, things like Everybody does that. That's what happens when you have 18 to 22-year-olds playing a game. All right? And that's the way it played out last night. Uh, they had the first slump in the first half, and they fell behind 17-10. Then they caught fire, and they closed out with an eight-point lead at halftime. All right? Now, that's the point of the game where the Iowa fans were complaining. Well, then in the second half, look, the first 11 minutes, Penn State was sluggish. I mean, there's no getting around. They were sluggish. And Iowa did hit 11 of its first 15 shots in the field in the second half, which, by the way, is the exact number that Northwestern hit to start the second half when they came back and won 11 of 15. Well, then the last 8-37, Penn State outscored them 33-16. to and when they needed big shots, they hit big shots. And Ace Baldwin was terrific again last night. He continues an absolute role on the court. I mean, an absolute role. I mean, he has really played at a high level the last couple of weeks. Uh, they hit threes again. They hit a dozen of them. 
They outscored Iowa from the two lines last night, 61 to 21. 61 to 21. That is at the end of the game, Penn State, of course, had to hit some free throws and did. Uh, in the last four minutes, Penn State was eight of nine at the free throw line. But 61 to 21 at the two lines. And you know how uh, Dick Girardi and I feel about winning the two lines. I feel like eight out of ten games that you win, you'll see the teams won the two lines. And they did it again last night, but they did it by a wide margin. Because Iowa, Iowa for a team that plays great offense, a lot of, will play a lot of great offense. And they played some great offense last night. I mean, they're a really good offensive team. But they're not a great three-point shooting team, which is the oddity of how they of how Iowa plays is that they're not a great they have some really great three-point shooters but as a team they are not a great three-point shooting team and it showed last night and then they hit their first nine free throws and then the one that could tie the game in the latter stages by Cricky was the first one they missed it was the only one they missed and Penn State took it came down the floor and hit a shot uh, DeMarco Dunn played well, uh, hit, a, hit a couple more threes. Three more threes for Zach Hicks. Uh, three more for Jameel Brown. Yeah, they got Kanye Clary back into the mix, but he's going to have to be more in a team concept of what's going on out there. He can't, he doesn't, he, uh, it's really odd to look at your overall leading scorer and feel like to look at him and say, you know what, less might be more. That's kind of an odd way to look at it, but it might be where he is, especially with the way Penn State's played the last three games. Um, It wasn't as if he didn't do some good things out there. He did. Um, But, you know, and you could see there was rust. I mean, Penn State for the game only missed five free throws, but he missed three of them. That's rust. So now they've got Northwestern Sunday. Northwestern um, beat Nebraska earlier in the week, eighty to sixty-eight. Northwestern has lost one home game all season. You know the, who that's to? Purdue. No, they beat Purdue at home okay. in overtime. Oh, that's nope. right. okay. No, Sh- Chicago State. <laughs> of course it is. Okay. Right. Meanwhile, Northwestern is 6-1 and one in games decided by five points or less. Guess who the only loss is to? Is it Chicago State again? Chicago State. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm looking, I'm going through this stuff like, you've got to be kidding me, really? Uh, uh, Boo Boo, he's having a great year. Ty Berry, uh, if Ty Berry gets off to a slow start, that's a problem for Northwestern. If he gets off to a good start, he's terrific. Uh, Burks Barnheiser is one of those guys that let's give uh, credit to him and to the coaching staff for how he's developed. He's a good player. Nicholson's not bad. Ryan Langborg, the uh, transfer's fine. Um, they get they don't get a lot off the bench, but they get just enough off the bench. Uh, they're a good basketball team. They're an NCAA tournament team. Uh, they're fourth right now in the Big Ten. Technically, Penn State is tied for six, but they would be the seventh seed right now. 
uh, in the uh, in the Big Ten. But they protected their home floor last night. Uh, they're six and six in the conference. They're now twelve and eleven overall. But now they're six and six in the Big Ten, with eight more to play uh, in the regular season before getting to the tournament in Minneapolis. So. Credit where credit's due, and Ace Baldwin has been the engine. He's the guy that makes it all happen. You know, they, they keep winning these games, and it just, man, that second half at Minnesota the other Saturday, or against Minnesota the other Saturday night, really sticks out now. And Man, that, I hope it doesn't cost them later in the season where they, they had a chance at a, at a higher seed mm-hmm. and a better draw in the tournament, in the Big Ten tournament. It's, I mean, it's galling. Yeah. Uh, I mean... But let's you know. But I always want to make sure the other guy gets credit. Yeah. Let's give Minnesota credit for what they did, because um, I don't want to be just. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be exponentially more focused on the team I broadcast for. But you have to have you know. But I always feel like, hey, look, sometimes the other guy does something right. There's no doubt. I mean, I pretty much know what Penn State didn't do right that night. Uh, and I feel like in some things have corrected themselves out of that game. Uh, Minnesota, by the way, just beat Northwestern at home too in overtime. So it's like you know, I mean, Minnesota six and five right now. NFL to host game in Madrid in 2025. That is terrific. Oh, let's all make a trip. Yeah, I'm I'm for it. I could eat some paella. See, you're a man of the world. That's what I like. <laughs> you're a man of the world. All right. Um, the Lady Lions were beaten last night by um, Iowa. Caitlin Clark, um, to her credit last night, uh, she had 21 points at halftime. She only scored six points in the second half because her passing was brilliant. Um, their their center had forty seven last night, but her passing, she had fifteen assists in the game. You can't ask for anybody to pass the ball better than she did last night. I'm talking like, not just like I drive the lane and I dump it off to you and you score, I get an assist. I'm talking they were like twenty five foot one handed, boom, flick the ball and it's into the right into the shooting pocket. Like whoa. Hey, look, I mean, that's where she has made the greatest improvement she has made as a player from her first two years to now is that in her first two years, she turned the ball over a lot because she did what a lot of young players do when they start playing college basketball. They try to play too fast, and the ball and the person have to go at the same speed. Well, you know, you can just tell... Last year, the ball started going the same speed she was because she already knows where all the chess pieces are. And she played a great game again last night, but she played a great floor game last night, not just a shooting game, a great floor game last night. Uh, she's got a real, she's got a great, great mind for the sport. You can see it. Great feel for the sport. You can see the angles with which she takes to, to make layups around the basket. Uh, the openings that she gets for three-point shots, and then when she knows somebody else is hot, the ability to get the ball to that person in the shooting pocket, that's what the best point guards do. They get the ball in the shooting pocket where the person can make a play without having to expend more energy than needed. And she does that. 
uh, and she did that last night. And they won. Lady Lions play at Wisconsin on Sunday. They they stayed in the road. They did not come back. This is not one of those. Hey, come on back. Go to class Friday. Go back to Wisconsin. No, they stayed out there. There's a little common sense with that one. <laughs> um, you can do Friday on Zoom. Yeah, you you should be fine. <laughs> You should be fine. And uh, also, um, uh, Cam Hayward won the Walter Payton Award last night from the Steelers. He's done so much in the community, so well-deserving. Um, they named the Hall of Famers last night. Um, and the uh, Devin Hester got in. Uh, Randy Gratishar got in. Patrick Willis got in. Um, you know, it's it's an, uh, Andre Johnson got in. Now next year's first timers are very intriguing. Here are the first timers on the ballot next year. Okay. Eli Manning. Now this one is going to be one that's going to be debated. Because he won two Super Bowls and he beat the Patriots. All right, it's going to be interesting. Um, Luke Keekley, Marshall Yanda, Marshawn Lynch, Terrell Suggs, Darren Sproles, Joe Staley, Akib Dalib, Demarius Thomas, Clay Matthews, and Ryan Khalil. Are all first timers next year? Interesting group. Now, this the modern era some of Let me see the modern era finalists who didn't make it: Jared Allen, Will, Willie Anderson, uh, Jari Evans, Antonio Gates, Rodney Harrison, Tory Holt, Fred Taylor, Fred Wayne, Darren Woodson didn't make it. By the way, Julius Peppers got into the Hall of Fame this time through. Uh, And it looks like Bill O'Brien is going to get the Boston College head coaching job. So he's at Ohio State for, mm, what, three weeks? I'm not even sure it was quite three weeks. Well, I know he was at the Penn State game. I guess that was on the 20th. He was at the Penn State-Ohio State game. Um, bu- bu- so and that was what two weeks ago. So he's been what two and a half weeks. He's been there. Yeah, something like that. But the BC thing opened up so late, and it looked like that there was going to be a problem with him getting the job because suddenly out of nowhere, Boston College said, "You know, we may go with a search firm out of Atlanta." And Bill is not a part of the search firm's clientele. How about that? But it sounds like they've decided, like, no. I mean, that's fine for Bill and Colleen because they like, guess what? They can stay in the same area. Um, you know, you know, he's, you know, he grew up in, I think Bill grew up in Andover. Parents have had a place in Horowich on Cape Cod. Uh, and Jack, you know, and there's some Michael goes to Tufts. Jack, of course, taking him to Boston Children's Hospital is a huge plus. So. I just hope they didn't move to Columbus and have to move back to the New England. And I guarantee you they have not. Oh. <laughs> I guarantee you that the process of finding a home would have been in the infant stages. Wow. That's, so. that's at least good, good for their uh, logistics. 
Yeah, I mean, there's no need to. No. I mean, you know, who I, who even knows if they even put their house up for sale there? I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure where in the Boston area they're living right now. I'm just saying, Bill grew up in Andover, <laughs> or as they would say, Andover, <laughs> which is where my cousin Annette lives. Andover. All right. We'll come back. More in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Can't tell you how often Brewers Outlet has helped during staff meetings. Uh, um, so, what? Get ready for the Super Bowl. Stock up now. <laughs> Imports, domestics, microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All of Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Uh, Penn State Wrestling tonight, Iowa. Uh, You expect that Iowa will come out and wrestle its best tonight, especially after what happened in Ann Arbor. At uh, Cliff Keen Arena, it's like, wow, that was one of those. Like, you kind of step back for a second, and go, what the heck happened here? Especially Woods. I mean, because Wood got, um, <laughs> he lost fourteen to two. Yikes! I, I, I it's such a. <clears throat> It's such a mental sport. You can only I can only imagine, you know, what was going on up there. It just seems like it got, got snowballed for for Iowa that nobody wrestled well up there. Well, and you know what? And but wrestling is the ultimate. It's all about matchups. It's all about style. And for all we know, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know. Uh. The style that is wrestled by some of the Michigan wrestlers, one-on-one against the Iowa wrestlers, it didn't match up. And you also don't know, like, if somebody was ill. I mean, you know, there's, you know, you don't know. I just am expecting them to come out and wrestle better. How about that? Penn State will see their best tonight at 9 o'clock. It'll be an atmosphere, of course. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sponsored by Brewers Outlet. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, today's show brought to you by... Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Super Bowl weekend, you need to be fully stocked. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. The Beverage Supermarket. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. 
Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. You'll see how it matches. Penn State has an interesting wrestling lineup. You want to talk about a true mixture of experience and youth. They have it. I mean, you expect Kurt Fleet to win. You expect Aaron Brooks. He may have moved up a weight class, but you expect him to win. You expect Carter Storacci to dominate. You expect a Bo Bartlett to do extremely well. Um, I mean, you you expect that. But they've got a lot of other guys on this team that are young guys that are really coming on that you just see have all the potential to be future NCAA champions. And uh, they will wrestle tonight at 9 o'clock. And I think the way Penn State gets out of the gate is going to tell us a lot tonight. If they're the team that gets out of the gate tonight and they're winning early, uh, Iowa is in deep trouble. Deep, deep trouble. So, um, we'll see. Because when they get to the when they get to the higher weights, Penn State's got guys left and right that. It'll be sold out tonight. Um, so, yeah. If there's anything like the women's game last night, that crowd's going to be rocking. Yeah, I mean, no, it is. I mean, yeah. it'll be ro- it'll be rocking tonight unless they're losing. Yeah, well, that's the whole point yeah. of getting off to the strong start. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I mean, because I mean, I believe me, I've done basketball games in there where it's been raucous while the whole thing. Penn State wins. Like, uh, okay, I've done football games out there. Hey, wild rocket. Penn State wins. Right, you should hear how quiet it is. <laughs> it's very quiet. So, yeah. So that that's the whole point. You go in, you know, let's just go in, take care of your business. And these guys are used to it. Man, they, they go anywhere and wrestle. Look, they're the show everywhere they go. I mean, everywhere Penn State goes, they're the show. You know, they went out to Utah, what, Utah Valley State one time, sold it out. Went up, you know, they were trying, Kale was trying to help out Boston University to save the program, so they wrestled up at BU, up at Aganis, sold it out. Didn't save the program, but they sold it out. I mean, they're the show everywhere they go. Doesn't matter whether they're wrestling at Carver Hawkeye or they're wrestling down in Maryland. They're the show. It's like in, in women's basketball, to her credit, Caitlin Clark's the show. Everywhere she goes, it's sold out. Everywhere she goes, she's the show. Um, and she handles it well, and the Penn State wrestlers handle it well. So, yeah. And they'll wrestle tonight at 9 o'clock. It'll be on BTN. Uh, nothing really about the Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, surprised me. Um, I don't know about you, but I kind of looked at it and went, yeah, okay. I did the same way. I, I may be a little surprised Antonio Gates didn't get in, but it's one of those things that there's you can only pick five. He'll get he'll get in eventually, but you know he's he's got some pretty impressive numbers for a tight end for a guy that didn't play much right. college football. Right, and I think that's that's exactly. Sometimes you have to wait a couple of years. Okay, you have to wait a couple of years, uh, but that's. Um, That's just the way it is when, as you correctly point out, you only have five. 
okay, well, you only have five. Um, and the, you know, I mean, Dwight Freeney, great pass rusher, gets in. Julius Peppers, who had a career-high 19 against Penn State in basketball. <laughs> Penn State won the game in the NCAA tournament. Patrick Willis was one of those really great linebackers on those terrific 49er teams. Okay, Devin Hester, kick returner extraordinaire. Andre Johnson, every time the Texans played, he was the number one guy you had to stop, and they couldn't stop him. Randy Gratishar, I'm glad he got in. Uh, I just kind of felt like he was uh, – you watched him play with Denver, and he was just always rock solid every game. Didn't make a lot of mistakes. And then Steve McMichael right, got in. Okay. It's a good, solid class. And as you correctly point out, only five can get in. The other two were on the old-timers list. Um, Only five can get in. And when only five can get in, somebody like Antonio Gates is going to slide by the boards. But, you know, sometimes it takes a while. It took a long time for Jerome Bettis to get in. But it's almost like it does get to a point where it's, quote, your turn, and you go from there. Yeah, I saw people were a little surprised that Andre Johnson jumped uh, Torrey Holt, and I think there's somebody else, another receiver, oh, Reggie Wayne, who have yeah. been waiting to get in. Yeah, Reggie Wayne has been on that list for a while now. Yeah. Uh, and I I always thought he was really good. I mean, did I look at him and go, wow, he's great. I mean, I never looked at Reggie Wayne as, wow, he's great, but I thought he was terrific. Uh I don't know. Um, but I also don't want them to increase the number either. I, mean, no. I think five I think five's the right number. Um, and I think they do it the right way. And it's a limited number of people who vote. I think it's, is it 51 or 46, something like that, to vote. Uh, they have somebody from every market. Um with the NFL, and, and they include guys from former markets that are voting. And those on the committee will bring a name forward. And I, I'll never forget, I've told this story before, but Ira Miller used to have a vote. He represented San Francisco, Oakland, right? And he wanted Jack Ham's opinion on Ray Guy. And I think I think Ira was gonna present him. You know, in the meeting. You know, I don't mean present him in Canton, I mean present him at the meeting, like here's the reason why I think he should be a Hall of Famer. And um and Jack told him absolutely he should be in the Hall of Fame. You know, and Jack would not BS him. He would not. Jack's not going to sit there and tell him, "Oh, yeah, you know, just to be nice." No, he would have told him straight out whether he was or he wasn't. And he said, "Nope, absolutely." And uh, and I know that Ira told me later that the person that argued, you know, not against Ray Guy, but was saying, "Hey, look, Gerald Wilson was just as good with the Kansas City Chiefs," was Peter King. And if you look at the numbers, just numerically, and I remember Gerald Wilson punting for Kansas City. I do. 
I mean, you punted the first two of the first four Super Bowls. Um, and when you look at, at Wilson's numbers, they are comparable to Ray Guy's. So, I mean, I could see exactly where Peter's coming from. He may not have had the fanfare of Ray Guy, like kicking, like punting one in the Pro Bowl off the gondola at the Superdome. Um, but he, um, uh, Gerald Wilson had a, a really terrific career under his own, but Guy was the better-known guy. So even has the college award named after him. That's fine. That happens. You get those those kind of debates. Those aren't easy debates because you're you're arguing. At this point, you are arguing about level of greatness. Okay, um, splitting a lot of hairs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're not you're not sitting there talking about a guy that averaged 38 yards a punt and he was really good at getting the ball inside the five. Right, so it's not like an argument between Ray Guy and say another very good Raiders punter, Mike Eyshide. Okay, um, so those are the tough arguments because now you're you're right. You're I think you put it perfectly. You're splitting hairs at that point. That's something you know that Peter King always talked a lot about in the Monday morning quarterback and, and football night in America, whatever that whatever the thing is football now. morning in America football yeah. morning in America about those about those meetings about the Hall of Fame and that's that's something I'd always like to be a fly in the wall in. and I know it's not something they could ever televise but you know I bet some of those debates between some of those guys are are I don't know if entertaining is the right word but just as somebody that's in this you know football and baseball history I bet those are some interesting conversations to listen to well, you're also talking about people who are immersed in the history of the game and have strong opinions. Yes. All right? You don't get to the level of being a Hall of Fame voter unless you have the ability to have seen a lot and develop a strong opinion about it. And I have no problem with that. I mean, because there's a lot of it. I mean, I mean think about the experience that's in that room. I mean, the experience of everything they've seen. They've seen so much in the those rooms over the years where they've, you know, games and moments that they covered. I mean, can't put a price on, on uh, what the people in that room know. And there's probably a lot of stuff they know that they've never been able to print I can almost guarantee that. Yeah. Okay, without saying what the story was, was there a story that you had but never printed and fought yourself about it as to whether you should? Mm, I can't say one pops into my head that would be right at the forefront. But I, okay. I but it's a good thing. It's one of those things where and there's not a lot of controversy, and you hope that there's not a lot of controversy around, you know, in in my job. But I can think of, you know, now that you say that, I can think of at least one maybe that we didn't, that probably should have been pursued a little more, that maybe wasn't. Okay. All right. And that happens, right? It, it, when you have a long, successful career like you've had, that that is going to happen. That's going to happen, and. Uh, 
Yeah. We're going to do uh, what with the suit today? Not with the suit. The suits. The suit, is the suit even in the building? I can't say negative or positive. I did not. I have not left my part of the building this afternoon. Do you find yourself looking over your shoulder a lot? No. Yeah. Oh, you good. can hear him coming. Well, that is true. <laughs> I, I know he's. I know when he's there. Then, yeah. Well, first of all, he just oh, I'm here in the building. <laughs> you got to give him credit. He does announce his presence. <laughs> I got a game tonight. It's like, get out of the hallway. We're on the air. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> he forgets that the microphones are on sometimes. <laughs> I, honestly, I never knew this one was so sensitive until he was in another room and you heard him the other week. <laughs> oh, I know. I, because I can hear him. I, I'm in State College. I can hear him. I mean, your mic's off. I can hear him. All right. <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Regan Street in Sunbury here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, only one person did not vote, uh, give a first place vote to Lamar Jackson for MVP. In fact, this writer gave a third, pl- a third place vote to Jackson. He's been called out and criticized by people. He ended up voting for uh, Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. But this part of has always baffled me. What because because not everybody thinks he's the MVP. I mean, I'll never. I mean, you should hear how mad Matt gets at Dan Shaughnessy for not voting for Derek Jeter, and and Jeter's not unanimous. I, I, who cares? We're all entitled to our opinion. I mean, if you if you if he thought Josh Allen was the MVP based on his research, then fine, right? It doesn't matter. What does it matter? Did jo- did Lamar Jackson win the MVP? Yes. Okay. Did he win it in a route? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he got forty nine first place votes out of fifty. One third place vote. Dak Prescott was second. 0 17 13. Christian McCaffrey was third. 0 17 12. Brock Purdy was fourth. 0 9 5. Now, there's a top five that goes all the way through. Josh Allen had one first place vote, five second place votes, 11 thirds, three fourths, and six fifths, 80. Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes. Then after that was CJ Stroud. Mahomes had no first-place votes, no second-place votes, two third-place votes, two-fourths, two-fifths. Okay, then it was C.J. Stroud, Matthew Stafford, Miles Garrett. Okay. What does it matter? We talk about and argue over the stupidest things. Right? It doesn't matter. First of all, the guy that voted for Josh Allen is not a Bills beat writer. And he explained, he went out, he wrote an all-pro article discussing why he had Josh Allen and Dak Prescott over Lamar Jackson. Well, gee, you're, I mean, you're not entitled to an opinion if you're, not, if you're not the lemming going into the sea? I don't, I don't understand how 42 touched, uh, what, he accounted for 42 touchdowns? That doesn't 
that's not a that's a bad MVP vote. <laughs> like, I mean, and he helped bring them back from being an 11 seed to getting them all the way up to what being a two. Yeah, something like that. I mean, all right. Um, now, if I'm voting, who do I vote for? I would have voted for Lamar Jackson, but that's me. Because I looked at him and go, you know what? What he did was special. What he did with the Ravens was special this year. And you can't include the playoffs. It's only the regular season. And Lamar Jackson had a spectacular regular season. Oh, and on top of that, he is about as fun a football player as there is on the planet to watch in terms of pure entertainment. Uh, he does all of that. Um, he is, you know, and he lost his top receiver, Mark Andrews. And he still had a great, great season. But it's just an opinion. It's just an opinion. I mean, I remember one year, um, all Big Ten, Big Ten Player of the Year, and oh, the running back who ended up breaking the NCAA touchdown record, Monte Ball, right? He was a near-unanimous player of the year in the Big Ten. Well, he did not get my first-place vote. I voted for Russell Wilson. Uh, why did I vote for Russell Wilson? I know I know the records that Ball broke. I got that. Right? Okay, I was a witness to it. I saw it. Right? In fact, I called the touchdown that broke the record. And... But I voted for what Russell Wilson because I felt that the biggest difference in the Wisconsin football team I saw that year compared to the one I saw the year before was because he was their quarterback. Okay. But that's just my opinion. Was that an insult? I mean, Ball ended up winning it. But was that an insult on my part? Was I insulting Monte Ball? I mean, I mean, come on, really? <laughs> no, I pick somebody else, and I have my reasons for doing it. And it wasn't anti anybody; it was pro somebody else. This turned out their teammates. It seems like. You know, everything people expect everything to be unanimous now over the last couple of years in all these awards, and it's it's odd because it's they've it used to be rare for a unanimous MVP or, or a unanimous Hall of Famer. And now, if somebody like you said, if it is somebody that has a different opinion now, I mean, God, I think Stephen Stephen A. Smith, I think they eviscerated him on uh, on uh, the the morning shows on ESPN for the the one guy that didn't vote for Lamar Jackson. Oh no, he did. Like right, and again, that that's his opinion. He's entitled to it, but we're not all lemmings marching into the sea here. Like the big wide world out there, and it's just it's just an opinion. I mean, did Lamar Jackson win it? Yes. Does it matter if he's unanimous? Who cares? Hey, did he get enough votes? Yep, he's the winner. Doesn't matter if he got. Out of 50 votes, he got 26 first-place votes, and Christian McCaffrey got 24. Let's just pick him second. Who's the MVP? And you know I don't really care about who the MVP is. No. Uh, 
The weird one to me was defensive player of the year. Was it Miles Garrett? It was Miles Garrett. And I did JJ what JJ TJ Watts numbers are, are better and the other guy they compared him to were better. It was just I don't think he made a I think I read that he didn't have a sack or a tackle for the loss for like the last six or seven weeks of the season. Yeah. Wow. Um uh, I always felt on TJ Watt and I made this comment on the show. Um, the reason it it you there was one point in the season where he had twenty two tackles tackles total, and nine of them were sacks. Nine and a half were sacks. But at this point, we were like a dozen games into the season, and I said that's a low tackle number. You know what I mean? I mean, in other words, he's either getting a sack. Or nothing. I, I mean, I I am no Steelers fan, but I, I think there can be a... Re, like, if they didn't vote for quarterbacks all the time, he's so important to them. Yeah, you know, is. you saw what happened. You know, you saw kind of saw what happened to that defense when he got hurt. Yeah. No, he is. There's no question about it. 